Good morning, everyone. Uh, if you'd like to stand and sing with us this morning, we're going to sing um, Greater You, Lord, and Old Rugged Cross.
man, these three ladies do good. I, I like that. Uh, let, let me turn the volume down on this. I don't want to hear myself through that and through this. Y'all have got to endure listening to me, but I don't have to endure listening to me. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, <clears throat> verses 25 through 34. And, and I preached through this passage of Scripture, I, I guess it was last year at some point. Uh, but today I'll be looking at it in a different light than what I did that time. And uh, if y'all are like most people that I've pastored through the years, you don't remember what I preached last year anyway. <laughs> so I wouldn't even have to tell you. But I know some of you. Marking your Bible, and, and, and you could probably say, I know exactly when you preach from this passage of Scripture. Uh, but Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. It says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, must I do? And they said, You will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. His house and set food before them. And he rejoiced with his entire household that he had believed in God. I want to ask you a couple of questions as we start this morning. First question is this. Why do people attend church? I'm going to give you just a moment to reflect on that. Why do people attend church? Now I'm going to give you some possibilities as to why they attend church. Some attend church for the fellowship aspect of it. I mean, isn't it great to walk into a church where you feel the love of the people and you fellowship with each other, you shake hands, you hug necks, you sing together, you worship together, and there are people who attend church because of the fellowship aspect. Then there are those who attend church for networking. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say networking? They have businesses. They're in politics. They're looking to make acquaintances with other people. They're looking to shake hands and glad hand and introduce themselves to other people, hopefully to uh, increase their exposure. It's called networking. And I heard someone not long ago make the statement that he got to church early so he could network. That's not a very good reason in my book 
but it's one of the reasons. Fellowship, networking. There are those who attend church out of tradition. My, my parents attended church. My, my grandparents attended church. My, my family attended. It, it, it is a southern tradition for sure to attend church. Others would say, I go for the music. I, I just want to go and hear good music. I, I want to go and hear somebody sing, somebody play. Some attend church because their family does. That they want to be with their family. They want to sit on the same pew of their family. They, they want to be a part of their family. And I, I've heard that myself from, from others, that, that they go to church where they go just because their family is there, and, and they're going to be with their family. Some attend because of their friends. Uh, the, the friends go, so they say, we'll go. We want to be there where they are. And then there are those who come for worship. They come to actually worship God. So the question again is, why do people attend church? Now let me ask you the second question. Why do you attend church? Not why do other people attend church, <clears throat> but why do you attend church? Some of you may fit into some of these categories that I've mentioned. And for the most part, those categories are fine. The networking one, that's a little questionable for me. But all these others, as far as fellowship and tradition and music and family and friends and worship, there's nothing wrong with that. Is that being a draw for you to attend a church and to be in the services? But is it possible that there's another reason that could be given that would be at least as good as these reasons and possibly even better than these reasons? I think there is. And I think that one of the best reasons to attend church is so that we can see God at work. We, we should come to church expecting God to be at work in the church. And if we are believers, as we come in and God begins to work and do what God can do and only God can do, it will encourage us, it will enlighten us, it, it will help us to face the world that we are living in. We need to see that God is at work. And that's what's happening in our passage of Scripture. God is at work. Unusual way, unusual place, unusual time. But God was working. And there are two lessons that I want to share with you from this passage of Scripture about God being at work. Now, you, you know the context. You know the setting. Paul and Silas have been thrown into prison. Uh, they, they are in there. They're singing and they're praying, but they can't get out. And then there's a great earthquake that comes and all the doors are open. And they are free to, to leave if they want to. All the other prisoners can leave if they want to. That, that is the setting for where we are. So the first lesson is this. There, there are reasons for God working. Now, we understand God can do what God wants to at any time, right? God, God doesn't need our permission, and God doesn't really need us to do any certain thing for God to work because God is God. But at the same time, there are some reasons, and there are some ways that we, we work and live that does influence God in working. 
So what are the reasons for God working that we find in this passage of Scripture? Number one, we find the testimony of the saints. Look again in verse 25, about midnight. Now, I don't know about y'all, about midnight, I'm out. <laughs> I, 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 I am not at midnight praying and singing praises. Uh, any of y'all doing that about midnight? Uh, most of y'all go to bed early, too. But, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And they were in prison. They were not seated on pews. They were not in a nice building. They were in a, in a prison that would have not met the standards of today, I am sure. But while they're there in prison, they're sharing their testimony. How are they sharing their testimony? Number one, through prayer. Now, the Bible does not record what they were praying. We, we can imagine what they were praying, but we don't know what they were praying. We, we can imagine they were praying, God, thank you for loving us. We can imagine them praying, God, thank you for calling us. God, thank you for letting us be where we are so that we can share the gospel with others who need to hear it. Uh, they could be saying, God, we, we ask you to give us strength and, and direction and help us during this time. We, we really don't know what the words were that they were expressing, but the Bible says they were praying. That they were praying out loud. They're praying so that others could hear them. As we pray out loud, we are giving a testimony of our faith and belief in God. When other people hear us praying, if they're children, their grandchildren, if it's somebody in the church house or, or if it's somebody at work or wherever, when they hear us praying, as believers, we are testifying to them about our relationship to God his importance to us and what we believe he can do. And so we, we find here that Paul and Silas are given their testimony in prayer, but also in praise. Now, this was way before there's any praise and worship music. Understand? Pra praise and worship, we use that term as far as new music, but praise and worship, it has always been around. Because here they are in prison, they are praying, and they are praising God. What are they praising God for? I can't really tell you, but they were praising God while they are there in prison together. And again, when other people hear us not just praying to God, but praising God, it is a testimony to them of what we believe about God, about how God is important to us, about how we worship God and about what God has done for us. When we praise God for helping our family through sickness, we praise God for helping our family through financial crisis, we, we praise God for helping us deal with a medical issue, we, we praise God for letting us live to be the age that we are. Whatever we are praising God for, as other people hear us praising God, we are testifying to them about God and who He is what he means to us so we can't look at the section of scripture without understanding that they they were testifying the testimony of the saints but there's a second reason for god working not just a testimony of the saints but but the need of the sinners that they, they were among sinners we well, say well of course they were among sinners they were in prison well i'll tell you wherever you work and wherever you go you're among sinners every day and it ain't in prison wherever we are they are sinners 
Whoever we are, they are saved sinners and they are lost sinners. In this congregation today, there are saved sinners, and hopefully there are no lost sinners because all of you have professed Christ as your Savior. But that need here in this prison. These were not kind men that was in the prison. Now, they could have been some in there for wrong reasons. They could have been placed in there because the government didn't like what they had done. But I imagine the majority of them were just really scoundrels and they had robbed or killed or whatever they had done and they had been placed in prison. Well, those men in prison, you know what they needed? They needed salvation. The best way to change a prisoner's life is for them to encounter Christ as Lord and Savior. It's the best rehabilitation program that there is. That they come face to face with God, they confess their sins, and they accept Christ as Lord and Savior and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their life to hold them and to shape them into what God wants them to be. The best rehabilitation program of all. Well, here in this prison, there was the need of these sinners, the prisoners, in the jail. My understanding of what, what I've read in church history and, and about the Roman uh, jails, uh, a jailer was not a kind person. That, that jailer would have been, he, he would have been a boss hog of the South. Y- y'all understand a boss hog of the South? Back, back home in Chesterfield County, uh, we had the chain gang. Did, did y'all used to have a chain gang up here? We, we had the chain gang back home. And uh, jo- Josh Brooks was, was, the, was the leader of the chain gang. And he had an old school bus. He loaded all those prisoners in. He had a big old German shepherd dog and a big old shotgun. And by himself, he would carry them out to do work projects for people in the community. Now, nobody wanted to mess with him. He was big. He was ugly. He was mean, had a mean dog, and had a mean gun. Never heard of anybody escaping from him. Well, when I think of a Roman uh, prison guard, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. That, That southern stereotype of old boss hog that's in charge of everything, and you don't cross him or he'll kill you. That, that prison guard? I'm pretty sure he hadn't been to Sunday school recently. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he hadn't attended any worship services. He had a need. And so because of the testimony of the saints and the need of the sinners in that prison. God is at work. God will always work where the saints testify about him and where there are sinners who need him without fail. There's a second lesson. There are results of God working. Not just reasons, but results. What happens when God shows up and shows out and when God works. Well, number one, the saint, saints are strengthened. Saints, believers. Now, we, we all understand that 
we don't live saintly lives, and, and, and we're, we're not a saint with a halo over our head, right? Any of y'all got a halo following you around anywhere? It, it, you, you have a halo following you anywhere, Michelle? No? I, I, I don't have a halo following me anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we, we, when the word saint is used, it's not talking about this super special Christian. It's talking about a believer in Christ. And when God begins to work, the saints are strengthened, number one, by his power in verse 26, where it talks about this great earthquake. Uh, there'll be those who say, well, this is just a coincidence. There just happened to be an earthquake at just the right time. I don't believe in that kind of coincidence. I believe that God knew what was going on. I believe that God knew where Paul and Silas were. I believe that God knew the needs of those lost people. I believe that God knew what needed to be done. And I believe that God sent the earthquake at that moment to open up the prison doors. It doesn't speak about any damage to the building. It doesn't speak about any destruction anywhere. It just says there's a great earthquake that caused the prison doors to open. That's a pretty targeted earthquake. Never even thought about that until just now. That's a targeted earthquake. Have you ever seen the, the results of an earthquake? If it shook the doors open on the building, chances are pretty good the building is gone. It, it's history. So God was at work, and, and he strengthened the saints. He, he strengthened Paul and Silas <clears throat> as they saw what God was doing. As those doors were open, as God began to work, but the other result, not just a strengthening of the saints, but the salvation of the sinners. That's why God was doing what he was doing. It was not so much to set Paul and Silas free as it was to set the sinners free. Because Paul and Silas did not leave, did they? He said, don't hurt yourself. We're still all here. Now, if I was a prisoner and I was in a Roman jail and all of a sudden my, my door was open, chances are pretty good I would have been hightailing it. Y'all do understand hightailing. I would have been hightailing it out of there. I, I wouldn't have been waiting around to see. But God was working in such a way that Paul and Silas said, Whoa, no, nobody leave. And to the guard, we're still all here. Don't hurt yourself. Wow. God is at work. And through that, in verse 31, well, in verse 30, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to know this God? that you're serving. The one you have testified about through praying and, and through praising. How, how do I know him? In verse 31, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the words of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once. He and all his family. Not only was the jailer saved, but his family was saved. God was at work. 
God was working because there was the, the testimonies of the saints, the, the need sinners. And so God shows up and begins to strengthen the saints for their testimony while revealing himself to the lost so that salvation could come to them. God at work. Paul couldn't have orchestrated that. Silas couldn't have orchestrated that. The, the Roman guard surely was not going to orchestrate this. This was all of God. Well, in our society today, there, there are many who doubt that God can work and still does work. And and I'm afraid there are people in churches that are like that. But the Bible teaches us this about God. He is the same today as it was yesterday. The Bible even says there's not even a shadow of turning in God. He is the same today as he has always been and always will be. That means the same God who created the heavens and the earth, who made man from dust and woman from a rib, who parted the Red Sea, who sent a flood that destroyed the whole world, who made a donkey to talk, who healed the lame, blind, and deaf. That same God is still God today, and that same God can still work today like he did then. Now back to the original question. Why do people, us in particular, attend church? For whatever reason, you're here Sunday after Sunday. May we add to that that we want to see God at work in Grace Baptist Church. We want to see God saving souls, encouraging believers, and strengthening families. Aren't those three worthy goals for Grace Baptist Church? That as we gather, we are coming in those doors expecting God to work. He will save a lost person. He, he will encourage a saved person. And he will strengthen families. The same God that this passage of Scripture talks about is still able today to do all of that for Grace Baptist Church and for us as individuals. We're not serving a weak God. The last Sunday in December, I shared with you some highlights from this past year. Great highlights. And they were made possible by your work, your giving, your attendance, but mainly by God's blessings. What could God possibly do in 2024? What do you want to see God do in these coming months? Who, who are you willing to pray for? Who are you willing to invite? Who are you willing to invest in? Not just so that they come to grace, which we hope and pray they will, but so that they 
are in the family of God serving him. When God is at work, all of this is possible. At the end of 2024, as we do a recap of this year, we should be able to include new people who are coming, new ministries that we're doing. We should be able to look back and say, thank you, God, for all that you've done. God at work. Not me and not you, but God. Now, he will use us, but it's all God, not us. Would you stand, heads bowed and eyes closed this morning? I'm just going to ask you right where you are. If you believe that God really can work, will you right now just pray to him quietly that God would use you to be one of those saints that is testifying about him so that the sinners may hear your testimony so that God may begin to work in their hearts and lives. Would you pray that God would be at work in your life individually, but also in the life of Grace Baptist Church? Lord Jesus, you're still the same God, still the same strength, still the same wisdom. Still the same compassion. May we be instruments in your hands while you work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of things to